0: my wallpaper on my phone says say no unless you actually want to do it and that sounds so ridiculous but I would just be so worried to ever upset anyone or distress them that I knew that I was reaching a point where I was flat out and busy with no time for me.
1: Hello and welcome back. Today I'm joined by the makeup artist and blogger Rose Gallagher, and we speak about a panoply of things, including how Rose came to make blogging her profession, her battles with rosacea, and the power of saying no. This episode is sponsored by the Australian tooth whitening brand High Smile, whose new and improved teeth whitening kit is incredibly easy to use and really works to brighten teeth without triggering pain or sensitivity. They're offering Beautiful Lives listeners 20% of all High Smile products for a limited time with the code BEAUTIFUL, that's B-E-A-U-T-Y-F-U-L-L, if you'd like to give the kit a well for yourself at a reduced price. All the info is in the show notes, so do head there if you'd like to know more, or keep listening to hear about my experiences with High Smile later in the show. Here's Rose. What a cosy house we're in. I'm so happy to be here. When Rose came in, Monty ran straight to the door. Monty never runs to the door to greet people. Um, He's
0: shown me his tummy several times. I'm surprised we've got anything else
1: in. Let's talk about your childhood, Rose. So you grew up in an Irish family in Birmingham. The North is very community-focused. Yeah. Irish families, to my knowledge, are very community-focused. Absolutely. Was that your experience?
0: Definitely. I mean, my mum and dad are from Kerry and Donegal, so one's from the very top and one's from the very bottom. And as such, lots of my aunties and uncles and cousins and things are still over there. So I always grew up kind of visiting people a few times a year. I'd spend every summer in Ireland. And then in Birmingham, funnily enough, so they met in Birmingham and both moved over when they were young. But there's a huge community of Irish people in Birmingham who moved over when they were younger. So, like, loads of my friends would have Irish family and um, it really is just a really small world when you get to Birmingham. Mm. And your accent is not Irish. No. No. This is something that really surprises people. So, my mum and dad both have really thick accents. Mm -hmm. Like, my mum in particular... Our friends, me and my sister, will laugh that you'll have to, like, half the time tell them what she's just said. Um, But I went to school in Birmingham Mm -hmm. and brothers and sisters were from uh, Birmingham too. So I think even though I've got the Birmingham accent, there's certain phrases or little ways you'd say the odd word you must find... With
1: your mum and dad as well, the, the little indiscrepancies come through. Yeah, and it also sometimes with language, it colours the way I use language, particularly when I speak. So my experience of that is I went to school and my parents were foreign and I went in and I didn't have the cultural background that my peers had because, yeah. you know, Austrian-Hungarian traditions are different to English traditions. Yeah, I know that there's a big Irish community in Birmingham, but did you feel that disconnect? To be honest with you, the particular part of Birmingham
0: that I'm from, so it's Erdington, there's so many Irish people that even in primary school and things, lots of them had that similar cultural background than us. Um, The things I would say that are really quite Irish, like it's a very welcoming community, you would feed and give cups of tea to people the minute they're walking the door, which is exactly what you've just done as well. It's just very chatty and warm. And so I suppose you would just pick
1: out the ones that were that extra bit chatty. You're very charming. You're also very chatty and warm. What did you want to do with that when you were younger? What did you think you'd be?
0: Do you know something? I had no idea. I loved animals, and I still do love animals... Um, But I genuinely always wanted to be a pop star Or something as well Like I know everyone wants to do that But I really really did want to do something like that What kind of pop star? Um, Preferably in a girl band That would be ideal I feel like they get the best of the singing And the choreography Mm -hmm.
1: Um, but just something like that, I would have loved. So it wasn't really the fame. It's interesting that you say the singing and the choreography. You just wanted the fun of oh, being in absolutely. a pop group. Absolutely. Learn yeah. the routines,
0: perform them, everyone wear matching outfits. And presumably the makeup too? Well, with makeup, funnily enough, there was one um, auntie of mine, she's passed away now. She also lived in Birmingham. Mm. So because, I mean, my mum's one of nine and my dad's one of seven and they all ended up, some in Ireland, some in different parts, like I've got an auntie here in London. Um, But this one particular auntie in Birmingham, she used to take me to the shops every weekend and she would spend every penny in her purse on Make It For Me, like Constance Clairol. We would literally go to the market. Um, All of these brands that are just so old and nostalgic now and uh, that was like a real ritual of when I was little getting the makeup with my auntie. Was that because you were into it or because she was into it? I think because she was into it and like she would always have her nails done and some kind of fabulous makeup on and like my mum loves skincare and would always wear kind of complexion but she's always had a relationship with skincare and makeup that was more just accentuate the best of mm-hmm. what you have and very simple and fresh. Whereas my auntie Mary was like, more is more, pile it on,
1: glam. I love people like yeah. that. I yeah. I just find there's something so dreamy about being around someone who's created a world on themselves.
0: And so yeah. fascinating to have a look at. We had yeah. another family friend that we always talk about, another Mary. Mm. And she was just so glamorous. And when she used to come round we would all just be fascinated, like, examining every little thing, which rings has she put on today,
1: which nail varnish has she used. Yeah. Tell me then how you went on to study English literature at Liverpool.
0: So, I mean, that was one of the best um, decisions I probably ever made. Mm. I really enjoyed school, and to be fair, I enjoyed everything. Like, I didn't really have a favourite subject as such. I just really loved the whole experience of being at school, and I didn't quite know what I wanted to do. I actually started doing a psychology degree in Liverpool, realised it wasn't quite for me and then had to wait until the following September to start again. So what I did when I chose English was I thought, I don't know what I want to do, what would I really enjoy delving more into and I've always loved reading and writing. So there was my answer. So while I was there, it was actually kind of like the best and the worst time mm. because Auntie Mary, that I was just telling you about, passed away quite suddenly. Mm. So that was quite difficult to try and get my head around, mm. um, and I just found the whole process quite stressful. How did you manage your grief? How did it? I didn't first? manage it. I just worked flat out. Yeah. When that happened, it, it was real, like serendipity, actually. Um, I had just got a job at a little standalone salon, which is now like a huge, booming, my friend's amazing business. It's called Peaches and Cream. Mm-hmm. And this was at a time when no one really had salons that would use a little bit of everything. If you wanted your makeup done, you'd go to a counter, and that was the end of that. So they taught me makeup from scratch in this family run place. And when I started working there, I felt like I inherited this whole family because they were just so warm and friendly and I'm still very close to them all now. But basically, I just started working there and my auntie passed away. So on one hand, it was lovely because they really looked after me through that whole process. But on the other hand, I was just so thrown by the whole thing Mm -hmm. that if I wasn't at uni, I was either working or interning in other galleries
1: and things. I just didn't want one minute alone. I think of you as a very good communicator were you good at communicating your feelings to other people no I would
0: overpromise everything yes to everything didn't want to let anyone down then completely overwhelm myself and feel guilty for then texting you five minutes before to say no I'm not coming to that party or whatever it was I didn't communicate it well at all and I only feel like really it's the last couple of years so bearing in mind that was 2010 Mm. the last couple of years I feel like you can't shit me up now like I would talk to you till the cows come home about how I feel or I've got a lot better about saying no Mm -hmm. Um, but I really had to learn that because I would just be a
1: big no no put a brave face on carry on stay busy yeah, power through that way. So did you decide from there that you wanted to be a journalist or a blogger or Did that appeal to you? So, when I was at uni, I used to write for the student magazine and
0: it was online and we used to see the stats and things and I knew I drove them a lot of traffic and it used to really bother me that other people were lazy and I was doing all this work. What were you writing about? Everything. Gig reviews, um, fashion, beauty. I loved writing about fashion at that time, actually. Um, So, I would write about a bit of everything, book reviews... And then someone said to me on an internship I was doing in Birmingham, they said, you should start a blog because you love writing, you know how to do things online and then that kind of coincided with I'd not long started the blog and I started working at Peaches Mm -hmm. how I got that job was I found that salon wrote about it on my blog because I thought it was the best thing ever and they were literally like you're obsessed with us we need a makeup artist we Mm -hmm. will train you from scratch but we've never known anyone be so excited so then I used to write about what I'd used on clients and things and that's when I kind of made the connection that I lived writing about beauty what did you look like at that point? Um, Every colour under the sun in my clothes and my makeup Really short blonde hair Um, Always a bit of tan on Um, It was such a creative place that I feel like I would just try and be as bright and bold as possible every single day I have gone through some good phases though There was Mm. the Gwen Stefani phase I was 18. Which Gwen Stefani? Um, The no-doubt Gwen Stefani. You'd think you'd do that when you are much younger, but no, no. 18, um, I just used to want to wear black and white clothes. My hair was so peroxide blonde, but without a toner. You couldn't really see where my skin
1: ended and my scalp began. That was a great phase. How did you end up working at Harper's Bazaar as an intern? Albeit for a very short stint, but how did that happen? So when I
0: graduated, I wanted to do um, internships and I really wanted to be a beauty journalist. And so the first one I did was Vogue, which was the best three weeks of my whole life. That I never shut up about it to this day.
1: If your first internship is at Vogue. I know, I know. I would imagine that you, the day before, go, what the hell am I going to wear? How am I going to do my makeup? I'm going to Vogue what did you do so when i found out
0: i had it obviously and i'm not joking this is so cheesy but we literally blasted vogue in the living room and all had a dance because that is very exciting um i just i remember as well i was still in colourful phase so i had like a green um you know like the tweed zara coats green tweed zara coat nice prim blouse Bright orange River Island bag Sequin pumps from office I just thought As long as I've got loads of colours on It doesn't matter if they match or not And that was the best three weeks of my life Because they were the kindest Nicest people at that time Who were you working under? Nicola Moulton mm-hmm. Jess Diner And Kelly Gilbert mm-hmm. Oh, my God, they just couldn't have been lovelier. They were so supportive. And, like, I had no idea how any of that world worked. Were you travelling from Birmingham? I just commuted every day. Yeah. Um, I remember, like, one of the first days as well, I saw Dawn. Can't think of a name now. Julia. No. Dawn from Gavin and Stacey. Oh, I don't know and basically she was coming up the escalator as I was going down and I went in and I was like, oh my God, I've just seen Dawn from Gavin and Stacey. Do you think any of these watch Gavin and Stacey? So I thought I'd dip a toe in the water and I said, excuse me, does anyone watch Gavin and Stacey? And they all went, yeah, of course. And so that was it then. like, I felt like that was my big, oh, they're just normal people. They are definitely my kind of people if they all watch Gavin and Stacey. And uh, they loved it that I'd seen Dawn on the escalator as well. So after that, what next? So Nicola said, I think you should meet my friend, Newby, Mm -hmm. and I spent three months with her at Feel Unique, which at the time, they had just implemented um, an editorial section, but they were an online retailer, and no one had really started to make that move yet of Wouldn't it be great if you had an online beauty space and also wrote about what was on there and animated it? So she was really kind of paving this new path. Um, I loved the three months with her. I felt like I learned more in that three months than three years of a degree. And then at this point, like they could only keep you for certain lengths of time. So the end of her time, she was like, I can't keep you for any longer. So now I want to send you to Harper's Mm. and um, I literally did I only got to do about a week there which was a shame were you blogging this whole time as well the whole time Mm, yes then I'd started going to blogger events and things while I was in London Mm -hmm. and they were all really good all of those ladies they would say to people that they were talking to oh we have an intern at the moment that has a blog people were just kind of starting to reach out to bloggers and things so they were all super supportive and then I just kind of got my teeth into Harper's and I was applying for jobs all through these internships.
1: And I got a job at Ilamaska in their social media team. Just to pause you there, when you say you're applying for jobs during this whole internship, back then, and now too, but back then particularly, internships were not paid very well and it was very hard, it's very hard to get a foothold because most yeah. people can't afford it no how were you managing your finances and were you driven to apply for jobs because basically you needed money
0: 100 percent. so i had saved my money from having the job in liverpool at peaches at peaches yeah. ready to do my internships um i always knew that when i finished uni i wanted to intern so i was preparing for that for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just worked out perfectly that I got my illamasqua job at around the time that I wouldn't have been able to afford to carry on interning anyway but I was also living at home in Birmingham so at least things like rent were covered Mm -hmm. Um, but if I hadn't done that there's no way I would have been able to do my internships and I had no idea that you know that you could be doing it for so long like my total interning i started in the june or july and i got my job in the november like it's it's a long slog
1: yeah
0: it yeah. really is some people intern for years before they get a job because they didn't always come up at the right time no and... well that was yeah. it like i'm so grateful i got my lamasker job and i absolutely loved it and i met great friends for life there mm. but i actually wanted a magazine beauty job Mm -hmm. and nothing came up at the right time but even then to be honest with you I'm not sure I would have been able to sustain a job like that and pay rent in London and do everything else but I didn't know any of this until I was in the bubble.
1: I thought I'd tell you a little bit more about how I came to use High Smile. So I was working at a magazine and we were all brainstorming about who could be trusted with teeth for a feature and a senior editor, who has excellent teeth by the way, said she used High Smile and really rated their teeth whitening kits. So I got my hands on one and I was really taken by how easy it was to use. All you do is fit the LED light to the tray, pop some gel in, put it in your mouth and switch the light on. It's so simple. I didn't feel any sensitivity afterwards and following the suggested six sessions my teeth were noticeably brighter. So much so that when my friend Emma told me she wanted to use an at-home system before her wedding I gave her a kit of her own and she was also really impressed. If you'd like to get your hands on a kit with 20% off enter the code beautiful at checkout that's b-e-a-u-t-y-f-u-l-l. All the info and a link will be in the show notes. Thank you for powering today's episode. Hi smile. I would like to know from you about money and blogging and how that leap was for you and also how people have responded to that. Of course. So when I worked at Selfridges,
0: I often used to, I mean, most days I would work a Saturday, which meant that I could have a day off in the week. So I was still maintaining my blog and I might come to London like every week or at least every two weeks to try and keep everything ticking along and you know be present um and then after a long while of constantly maintaining it I started to get a couple of paid things come through um I remember the first one was like a trip Primark Beauty were launching do you remember that collection that was very kim kardashian inspired it was very nude and um it was just a real moment for them and they did this trip and they wanted you know x amount of social media posts and things like that so i started to get a couple of things like that and i was working full time really flat out and i started to think if i could just take a breather for five minutes and try and do more with my
1: blog i think i could balance it out that i could earn a living off it The problem with making that leap is that you have to then have almost like a business structure in your head because you have to make a certain amount of money each month to live. If brands are approaching you with your collaboration, great, because you're making some money, and that's fantastic. But to make the shift, you have to almost be willing to try to make the collaborations happen. Yes. And that's scary if you haven't done it before and you're not practised in that. Definitely. And to be honest, that's something
0: that... Um, I don't hugely do now even it's such a skill to have to learn and I'm still learning new things every single day Um, but at that time I wasn't doing anything like that because Mm -hmm. I had no time Mm -hmm. I was working full-time and then the spare bit of time I had I was trying to put into my blog things like that were just not in the equation but basically one January I went on this retreat it was with It Cosmetics for enough who I absolutely loved and it was all about inner confidence and things like that and for some reason before we'd gone on this retreat I had written my notice on my laptop and I just thought I think I might quit my job because again I was still living at home at this point so rent and things like that are covered for me and I was a bit like if I don't try this now like when will I try it because I don't know like who knows that I might get married and have other things to think about I mean I say this not having got a boyfriend at the moment but you can (laughs) wish I mean if I could make an impression on someone the way I made on Monty this morning (laughs) but anyway I went on this trip and I was like so inspired and everyone on the trip were the people that had taken a leap and taken the chance handed in my notice and complete stroke of luck I had no idea but they had been brainstorming that they needed a brand ambassador and they thought I was the perfect fit and literally I think it was within a week of handing in my
1: notice they approached me with that for anyone listening who doesn't know what a brand ambassador is could you just quickly outline what that is I think the term brand ambassador is used so
0: often that it means different things for different brands. For me, it means that I speak on behalf of It Cosmetics in the UK and Ireland, and that can be um, on QVC for them. It can be whenever they have a press day, I'll speak to everybody about new launches or what have you. I write for their website. I make videos and things that live on their channels. It's kind of bringing everything to life and being a person that someone can ask about these products rather than just a brand. Like, you know, would we all want to DM a brand page not knowing who's going to be there or would you rather just be like oh actually I know that girl that works with them
1: I'll just quickly ask her which mascara would be best yeah yeah it's almost like a spokesperson Yeah. yeah yeah, did you find blogging the blog world elitist at the time I totally know
0: what you mean that that was happening and there was definitely especially back in the early kind of if I think back to 2011, 2012, when you would see everyone talking amongst themselves on Twitter and Mm. there was such a community there, I think I never knew what my lane was to stick in it. And I genuinely only think I figured out my lane Mm. this year and last. And that's after years of just writing about makeup and beauty, but I never really knew what i was bringing to the table i saw all these really polished people with polished photos with a really great camera that i didn't have with really great lighting that i didn't have with editors and all this resource that i felt like wasn't at my fingertips and i was just like well i don't know how to do any of that and i'm just kind of little old me and actually now i know that little old me has a
1: place as much as anything polished. If you had to nail your message yeah. and what you talk about in a couple of sentences, what would you what would you say? I think I'd just say an everyday guide to beauty.
0: Um quick, easy, mm-hmm. simple, real results that you can achieve and in real time. Mm-hmm. You know, I I absolutely love watching long elaborate things i do i think there's a time and a place for everyone but i haven't got time for that in my life i've got 10 minutes to make myself look as nice as possible and i think a lot of people that i speak to are in that same position
1: you're of the same mm-hmm. kind yeah. of feeling as me aren't you yeah i i think that there's a real challenge for lots of people with even getting their head around blending and eyeshadow yeah so once you start adding loads and loads of eyeshadows in and things like that it's intimidating and also I sometimes think it just puts people off makeup which is the opposite of what you want to do it sucks
0: the fun out of it actually you have so much more fun if it's less pressure I agree, agree. I'm with you Um, tell me about rosacea so rosacea is a really interesting one because I got diagnosed with rosacea just this year, I've always had a really rosy face are you self conscious about it? Yes, I was, um, but I've always loved piling on the makeup. So to be honest, I've always covered it up and not really let it be a thing to be self-conscious about. Um, But I've really inherited this year a community of women that love to talk to me about rosacea, which is great, but I'm still learning about it as I go along. There's another lovely girl, talented Lex, and she knows everything about rosacea. And half the time when people message me, I'm a bit like...
1: I actually don't know the answer to that, but Lex will know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, again, though, it's more like it's your experience of it. So you're not saying to people, this is what you should do. You're saying, this is what I do. This is how I, yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Um, Tell me then about, with rosacea, and and I am reflecting on this from the perspective of someone who's had acne my whole life. So I have a similar thing where I love putting makeup on. I'm able to cover my acne, but I have had that. There are a lot of things that come with it psychologically and a lot of things that you have to get your head around. I live a relatively healthy life. I'm very into wellness. But I know that if I really double down, I could probably almost completely clear up my acne. But I'm into chocolate and I like going out late at night. Yes. And don't get me wrong. I know that, you know, four nights a week I should probably go to bed before midnight. But I am persuadable <laughs> and if it doesn't happen it doesn't happen exactly now is that how you feel about your rosacea 100
0: okay like yes i know that red wine and curry and sugar and nights out and lack of sleep and things like that are not going to be a friend to me but i'm not going to not live my life just because of this and also i know how to put my makeup on to cover it up So quite frankly, I'd much rather have the best night out of my life and I'll deal with it in the morning. Do you get a lot of unsolicited advice? Yes, I do. What do you get? Um, I've had some real corkers recently. I do, in fairness, I do put them in the group chat and we all laugh about them. So it does amuse us. Um, I had one woman recently. And the thing is, I genuinely think she meant well, to be fair to her. I think a lot of them genuinely think they mean well. One woman saying that she had an extensive knowledge of diseases, and she'd be so happy to help. Um, I get, you know, the usual. You, you clearly, you know, doing these things wrong. You shouldn't be um, doing this or doing that. You shouldn't be wearing that makeup. It's all that makeup that's making
1: it flare up. People talk about makeup almost in the way they used to talk about witches. I think that there is this element when people talk about makeup, like you've, it's trickery. Yes, and you, but at the same time, isn't that a great tool that you can just kind of cover something up if you want to? Absolutely.
0: Like, I, one of my best friends that I met at uni is uh, quite a tomboy, would never really wear any makeup, um, not into any of the same things as me and we always used to say to each other, isn't it great that we both have the right and the choice to do what we want to do? She doesn't want to wear any. I want to wear loads. Great. Good for both of us. And, It just fascinates me that people are so funny about, you know, the deceit of, oh, it's, you know, you've just got all that makeup on and this, that, the other. Yeah, I have, and I feel great in it, so what's
1: the problem? Also, what kind of person that makes you? And I would take this further than makeup. I would take it to all lifestyle activities: how you dress, um, whether you drink or not, whether you take yeah. drugs or not, whether you like um, certain bands or not. And there's this assumption that, oh well, because you're into that, you're this kind of person. Yes. And I love to just, uh, personally. I love going out. With my friends who are completely opposite to me, and most of my friends are. Yeah. And I think that idea that you have to stay in your lane is crazy. Definitely,
0: um, I'm exactly the same in terms of my friends. Like, I love my friends that are here in London, because I've like loads of my good friends are still in Birmingham and things, but my friends that are here, um, we all work in quite different industries. And I absolutely love, I mean, how many great nights have we had where you're with the beauty girls and you talk about all of your products and all the rest of it? There's a time and place for that. But also, I love meeting them in the way you can go into the pub. They've no idea what I've been doing for the day. I wouldn't even bore them to explain. And um, we just talk about, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. Yeah. And Netflix and, you know, what's been on Net for the day. One yeah. of my favourite social media sources. I don't even know what that is. It's just for, like really funny popular culture references it'll be like an old school picture of the sugar babes an old girls allowed interview Kim Woodburn having a go at someone it's brilliant how do I not know
1: about that yeah you're gonna love it you have mentioned that you're single now and I remember when I was single taking my makeup off in front of boys and being a bit like you know, is it a good spot day or a bad spot day? You do bare your face, as it were, on yeah. social media. Does that translate to life? Not in front of a boy, you no.
0: <laughs> Honestly, like, I, I'm so prim with things like that. Like, I was saying to a few of my friends the other day... If I I was to start seeing someone, I just wouldn't want them to find my Instagram page because I've got so many tutorials on there starting from nothing. And I say that, like, I'm not in any way judgmental of anyone that has rosacea and doesn't choose to wear makeup. Good for you. But for me, I would just need a bit of makeup on to feel confident and nice. If I was sat around with a group of girls, hair on top of my head, glasses, no makeup on the works, but I would... I would really have to have known someone for a long time before I'd take my makeup off in front of them. And actually, I—I I mean, I haven't really had like a long-term um, boyfriend in a long time. But I remember my first proper boyfriend.
1: I would never have had my makeup off in front of him. Ever? No, I don't think so. I found years ago that when I was dating, I found this overnight. This this mineral. Um, base that you you could wear overnight I think it was marketed as being overnight mineral makeup and I remember thinking this is so sad actually when I think about it but I remember thinking this means that I can now sleep with boys and not worry as much about it and I I, like I look at my young self and I think poor you but also I I think I'd be exactly the same now to be honest I don't know if that would change for me if I was single
0: I I don't know because because I haven't been seeing someone in a while I don't know if I would just feel really cosy and be like Oh forget it Because actually in general I'm quite a cosy person But I don't know I think I would always want to feel like
1: my prettiest self And that would mean having a bit of makeup on I completely get that And also the thing that makes you good at giving people advice Is that you know how to get to that quickly And that, that's how you feel yourself Yeah As it were and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, people would say I, I don't feel like myself until I've dyed my hair or got my clothes yeah. on. I mean, I think again with makeup, there's this weird thing where it's like you should be fine without it. But I would say to anyone who says that, well, would you be fine to meet people completely naked? Because that's how nature yeah. made you. you yeah, know? and it's like absolutely. Yeah. If you have a way you like to present yourself, that's that's the way you like to present yourself. It's who you feel you are.
0: And I think as soon as you feel great, however that is presenting yourself for me, it'd be just having something on to feel a bit more polished in terms of my makeup. That impacts the way you present yourself, and that has such a positive impact that yes, it's kind of a shame that you would feel like I need to have this makeup on to feel great, but I think that's overridden by the
1: positives that would come from any interactions you have when you feel great. Now, I want to ask you three final questions. One, about achievements. What's the thing that you stands out to you as being the biggest achievement, either personal or in the work capacity?
0: Um, I think in a work capacity, my favourite thing I've done is a podcast I made this summer. Um, as I say, I've always kind of thought, where do I fit and what's my lane and what am I kind of bringing to the table? and I made this podcast to talk to people that were doing charitable things and just explore their stories in the beauty realm and I just met some of the loveliest people and it really cemented for me that I love the industry that we're in and so much good comes from it and for me that was the thing that I feel like I enjoyed the most Mm. and I was most myself doing so that was definitely my favourite thing personally I think that I'm quite a good friend I think that's my thing I'm the proudest of Mm. Um, especially moving away I feel like weirdly since I've moved to London my friendships have got stronger because I live on my own so I love a voice note or a FaceTime or a text or whatever and I think that it's something that takes a lot of effort to be a good friend to someone and touch wood I think my friends would say I'm a good friend. Have you made a lot of friends in London? Yes I've made lovely friends actually um I mean with us being in the beauty industry you you see the same people very often and I've made some really lovely friends here um but hilariously I've got a couple of my friends from home here. And they're the ones I do tend to be in the public during
1: the week. I love it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, But yeah, I've got a nice mixture of both. Okay. And if you were to give yourself, younger self, at any age, some advice, which younger version of Rose would you go to and what would the advice be? No, I am a big believer that I don't
0: like thinking about this because I think at any time you've just made the best decision you can at that time... Um, so I wouldn't necessarily go back as such, but the advice I give myself now, and I'm really actively giving myself every day, and it's something that I'm having to unlearn from being younger, is it's okay to say no. My wallpaper on my phone says say no unless you actually want to do it. And that sounds so ridiculous, but I would just be so worried to ever upset anyone or distress them that I knew that I was reaching a point where I was flat out and busy with no time for me because I would just say yes to any little thing that came in my emails or phone or whatever. And that's not the answer. And actually, if you're kind of a bit knackered and you've said you'll do something, but you're dreading going, you're not giving that person your best self either. So I'm really actively telling myself, say no unless you actually want to do it. Mm. And also that um I only learned this one the other day. Your yes is a really valuable currency. And you should see it as if you're weighing up whether to do something, do I want to do it? Is this worth yes? Is it worth my time? And it sounds so ridiculous, but like I think we're all so flat out now between Instagram and WhatsApp and seeing people at work and that dreaded phase we must catch up, drives me mad. No, we mustn't. There's no rush. No one's going to die. It's not urgent. When you're a bit, you know, the the likes of you and me, we do um, lots of different things. You can have a really crazy, flat-out, busy week. Sometimes you just want a few pyjama nights
1: and watch a bit of TV. And if you are going to have a dinner party and you could invite three people, dead or alive, I love I, I, I just wish you love could see Rose's question. face now because she looks somewhere between excited I'm and like so, too many ideas. I, there's so many ideas. I
0: love this game. I love any kind of game okay. like this. I'm going to go on Gut Instinct today. Okay. First person who would have been on the list anyway, but she's just at the forefront of my mind at the moment is Nadine Coyle from Girls Aloud. Um, an exceptional woman, an exceptional accent. Just a good time girl. She has been my personal jungle queen this year. Um, David Walliams. I find him really funny. And also, I genuinely believe that if I could just meet him, I might be able to convince him that we should get married. So he has to be at the dinner party. If I would say, who do you fancy most?
1: In ever? the world, Jude yeah.
0: obviously. Oh, really? Yeah, he's my number one fave. Because...
1: I just like everything about him. What film do you like the most? Then, good question. I say this with some context because I only fancy him in the holiday, um, but I really fancy him in that, and yet in everything else. I mean, I, I'm not saying he's not good-looking, man, but I just don't fancy him. But in the holiday, I actively in the holiday, fancy please, him. you know, will yeah. you marry me? Yes. Yeah. Um, okay but you're going for david Williams for personality david with... look, i've
0: got to think about as well like crowd pleases so i know everyone's gonna love nadine i know everyone's gonna love david my gut instinct is to say one of my friends tom who is so funny but he loves this game as well and i know he won't mind me not having him in place of a third person
1: so who's taking his place
0: I'm just going on gut instinct today. If I've missed someone really crucial, I don't mean it. And I still love you and you have to come to my dinner party. I think my gut instinct is telling me um, Michelle Obama. I just have a lot of time for Michelle. I would love to just sit round and have a little glass of wine with her. Do you think Michelle and Nadine would get on well? I think they'd all get on with one another. Would you cook? I don't know if I'd put them through it. I'd like us all to have Chinese. Oh, okay. <laughs> Definitely tracksuits. We'll have a few bottles of wine. Yeah. Um, Probably some M&S nibbles for before and after. Yeah, which ones? Well, I mean, I'd want an assortment of savoury and sweet. So Those in green cranberry bites, are just can't go wrong. Fantastic. Mm. Um, Also, let's go with the classics. You know, mini sausage rolls, mini um sausages themselves, the ham... Roasted ham crisps, I'm not a crisp person,
1: but you've never eaten anything like them. Maybe in a bit of sour cream and chive dip. And are you going to just all sit around basically eating your Chinese and gossiping? Yeah, 100%. Oh God, I really want to come to that. If I can coax them into some kind of board game. Or, I love heads up. What's your board game? Monopoly. Really? Yeah. I played Articulate the other day and I loved that. Articulate is outstanding. Really, really good. I'm not that into Monopoly. I also like Men's Do you know Ludo? In yeah. German, we call it Menschagradifnit. Oh my God, it's amazing! Brilliant. I think we've made many. Yeah. Of course, I could stay future. here talking all day with you, Rose. Yeah, this is—I want you to stay on all day, but I am going to let you go because I know you're busy. Um, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me.